Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 197 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Farron. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. Uh, personally, I have been hiding indoors from the rainstorms, crazy rainstorms that we have had all week. So I did not even visit a theme park uh, except virtually. Um, but Theron, what have you been up to recently? And thank you for stepping in, subbing for Carly today. I'm always happy to join. Um, I, this week, my girlfriend and I, we went to Universal. Actually, we got, for the past two weeks, not even on purpose, we've been to Universal like seven times. We'll like go, and then a family member comes down, and then we're like, well, let's go ride a ride. And then Minions, and then went to see Minions again. So yep. went recently and got the um, freeze popsicles at the Minion Illuminations land. Finally got to try one yes. of those. So now I've tried the Gru and the Minion popsicle. Both are very good. Mm -hmm. uh, depending on which what you're looking for. So the Minion banana flavored one has a little bit of chocolate and it was very fruit flavored. I really like it. It wasn't too crazy. Okay. And then the Gru one is Nutella and it's basically mm. just frozen solid Nutella. And I mean that in a positive way. So if you want a very I, chocolatey dessert. That's pretty tempting. One, solid. That's pretty tempting. I'm going to have to uh, add that to my list. I've been to Minion Cafe once and uh, – I enjoyed the noodle bowl, uh, mm -hmm. especially for its presentation. Um, flavor was okay, but uh, it looks looks uh, on Instagram ten out of ten. Oh yeah, yeah. it's bowl. very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, without any further ado, uh, we actually have a pretty short show today. Uh, we went way long last week, so we're making it up for it this time. Uh, and we are just going to jump right into the news in the queue. And I pretty much uh, called this one uh, last week. We just, as I have sent off my unofficial guide to Disneyland 2024 off to the printers, that's when we get brand new details about San Francisco Square, which is coming this summer to the Disneyland Resort. Uh, we've got more detailed concept art. We've got the names of uh, some of the restaurants and uh a little bit of update about what we're going to see when Big Hero 6 takes over the Pacific Wharf. I'm pretty excited for this. Now, I have only been to Disney California Adventure a handful of times. Okay. But I'll be honest, I didn't go to this area very much. I didn't go. Like, if I was a pass holder, this would probably be something very different. I'd go and visit that spot a lot. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, I never really did. Like, I got the free bread and I did the bread tour because everyone said you had to do that. But I didn't visit the time. So this might sure. be a positive for people like myself that don't visit often to kind of pull them to that section of the park. Honestly, there hasn't been a lot of reason to visit. It's this weird little transition zone that's bordered by Cars Land on one side and Paradise uh, Gardens and Pixar Pier on the other doesn't have any actual attractions uh, other than really great sourdough bread. Um, yeah. You can get free samples uh, at the bakery, which is sticking around. 
Um, and you can get a soup in a bread bowl at what is now going to be called Aunt Cass's Cafe. Um, I I messed up this one in my book. I thought I thought it was going to be called the Lucky Cat Cafe because um, mm. I think that's what it's called in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but now it's called Aunt Cass Cafe. But it's definitely it's going to have some new Japanese inspired dishes. But it will still be serving the classic soup in a bread bowl. So fear not. Uh, you've also yeah. got Lucky Fortune Cookery right around the corner. Uh, which greatly upgraded their food. Um, they've always had kind of a, a Pan-Asian, kind of a Panda Express thing going on there. Uh, but it got much better uh, a year or two ago. And hopefully they will have some even uh, better new dishes when that uh, reopens. And I've, I've got I gotta make an apology. Um, I messed something up. The first time that we talked on this show about San Francisco, um, I saw the San Francisco Cerveceria, and I misread it as uh, Cevicheria, and I was very excited that they're going to serve different kinds of ceviche. I was like, oh, you could have like Mexican ceviche and Japanese poke, and no, a Cerveceria. Uh, I put the R in the wrong place. Uh, that is just the beer truck. Um, you're you're going to have different kinds of draft beers. Uh, kind of like there always used to be a beer truck there, uh, just with some new dressing. Um, just like uh, the uh, there's always been a margarita stand, but now it's going to be shaped like a big drink blender. Um, so, I, I'm interested to see the blender. I think yeah. that sounds cute. <laughs> I, I just you know nothing screams. I, it, it feels like like a um, like a theme park video game where they always just have like a cheeseburger. Right. The- you put down that's, it that's it, it seems very jimmy buffett margaritaville to me mm-hmm. but i'll see how it's executed um one thing that is going to be uh kind of new is the san francisco makers market uh which is going to have uh big hero six themed apparel housewares all sorts of stuff but it's themed um with robot storage cases and decommissioned battle bots uh, so I'm sure there'll be some great Easter eggs from the movie and the comic books that it came from uh, all around there. To and, me, that store seems like a like a just a modified theme of the first order store we get in Galaxy's Edge. Oh like yeah, the layout looks the same. It looks mm-hmm. like it have we have storage boxes that we opened that you can now buy from. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It has they have good merchandise there, but it looks like they were like this store works. Let's do it again. And, yeah, it works once. Let's do it again. Exactly. Um, we're also going to see some new menu items coming to Cochina Cucamonga, which uh, as long as they keep the uh, Berea tacos, uh, I'm happy. And uh, Ghirardelli's Soda Fountain and Chocolate Shop will also get some new additions. All of this is going to open in phases uh, over the summer. Um, there's going to be more details revealed soon. One detail that has not been revealed is what exactly uh, it becomes of the part of uh, the Pacific Wharf that was on the other side of the bridge. Uh, they're retheming the bridge to the uh, sort of a Tory Gate version of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, all the stuff they described is, is on one side of this bridge. The other side of the bridge was also called Pacific Wharf. Um, that is... Uh, where the um, uh, the wine terrace restaurant is mm-hmm. uh, and a couple other little things. And I'm curious if that's now its own little orphaned miniature wharf, uh, San Francisco wharf area, or if that's just, I don't know, adjacent to San Francisco. 
I always I always go crazy uh, uh, with empathy for the map makers who have to figure out yeah where the borders <laughs> of these lands exactly are. Um, they should they should have given a a purple heart to whoever uh, figured out that um, Skull Island at Islands of Adventure was actually its own island uh, when they squeezed that one in. Yeah, they're, they're probably every time they get an update and they have to be like, OK, so we need the paper versions and we need them by this day. Yep. And then we're only going to actually open part of it. So when you make the app, the digital version, we need you to only show it to here. But then we don't want you showing the backstage areas of this building. But for some reason, we do like showing the backstage areas of other buildings. And they're exactly. like, OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this will be opening up later this summer and then hopefully we will have our answer. And some in July, actually. Yes. Yep. yep. Oh, some opening uh, pretty soon. All right. Uh, next up on the opposite side of the world, uh, for the first time, uh, a Korean Netflix show is becoming a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights, uh, but not here in the States. That's Halloween Horror Nights in Singapore. Um, it's the Netflix show All of Us Are Dead, which is a high school zombie outbreak uh, show. Um, is going to be featured at Universal Studios Singapore during Halloween Horror Nights 11. Have you watched this show? I have not. I didn't even know it existed until I wrote this article. I, I've seen the trailer for it uh, on Netflix, uh, yeah. and it doesn't look bad. But I kind of reached uh, Peak Zombie a few years ago, and uh, you know, I kind of bailed out of uh, Walking Dead and all of its yes. descendants. So. Uh, but but this this looks like a good way to get back in uh, if you're into uh, Korean horror and zombies, which we've seen some good Korean movies. As long as you're willing to read some subtitles, they've come over to the States recently. So there's a lot of good options. So uh, this one is set in Hyosan High School, uh, which is the source of the zombie outbreak in this TV show. And uh, you're going to try to make it out alive through iconic scenes such as the medical bay, the classroom fight, and the escape from the library. Uh, like I mentioned, this is the first time uh, a horror attraction anywhere in the world has been inspired by this series. And also it's the first time that Universal Studios Singapore has based something on a Korean uh, horror show. Um, so this is going to take place over 18 nights. It kicks off September 29th and goes all the way through November 4th. Uh, I think it's funny too, that it's only 18 nights. Like that seems so yeah. small compared to what we do here. Like, it's I mean, back in the day, day, back in the day, that's what it was here. Yeah. Uh, so for this year for starting September 1st, Orlando's going nuts. They were like, yeah, I, they just keep pushing it up and up, and I'm not going to complain. I go all the time, but they. Well, I, you know. I will. I will complain if it gets to the point where it's like, uh, you know, Mickey's Halloween party starting in the first week of August. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they push Halloween Horror Nights back that far, if nothing else, um, if you're a tourist uh, who is not interested in Horror Nights, the last couple weeks of August are just wonderful in terms of low crowds mm -hmm. uh, at Universal. And if they start closing early uh, for Halloween Horror Nights, uh, that that takes away a lot from the folks who are not into Horror Nights. That's uh, true. So. Anyway, uh, tickets go on sale for Universal Singapore's Halloween Horror Nights on July 17th. And you can find the link uh, to their website on our website at attractionsmagazine.com. 
coming back home uh, to Legoland, Florida. Uh, they sent me an email today uh, reminding me of their schedule just for bricks and giggles. Uh, oh. They have announced an all-new summer block party event uh, that's going to include fireworks, uh, shark suit guy, and a Miniland USA scavenger hunt. And it's all going to be included with regular admission uh, during this first ever event. You've got to love events included with admission. You just yes. show up and there's an overlay. It's fantastic. Yes. No hard ticket. Um, so this is starting on July 2nd, uh, just in time for the 4th of July holiday weekend. Uh, Bricktastic fireworks uh, coming back to Legoland, Florida. And then that rolls into the summer block party running all the way from July 5th through August 13th. Uh, there are going to be things like a giant Lego brick American flag activity build. Uh, like I mentioned, that scavenger hunt throughout Miniland USA. And in the afternoons, there's going to be a DJ dance party. Uh, and of course, it is not a theme park event without some colorful food to Yummy. Instagram. Um, check out that blue uh, ice cream cone with the uh, purple soft spangled soft serve ice cream. Uh, it's a uh, cherry Dole Whip in a, and blue, it's a blue corn, corn. blue corn gluten free cone with popping candy. That's yeah. that's pretty intense. Um, please try that and let us know how that is. It looks pretty good, though. I mean, it looks it's like one of those just weird enough items that I'm like, I would try that. So one of the other signature events that uh, that Legoland always does is for their fireworks. Uh, they have special viewing glasses uh, that turn these the, the uh, firework bursts into bricks uh glowing kind of uh, uh three-dimensional bricks um, and that fireworks show starts nightly at 9 p.m uh it's also a good time to check out their new go extreme stunt show um and it's they've got all fun yeah have you seen it i haven't seen it in I, person I, just saw I the videos. really liked it yeah it was it was really well done um i was actually kind of surprised it starts a little slow but then once it gets in, their stunts were really well done. Like they did more stunts and there was more like heart and fun little moments in there that I had kind of expected. Awesome. Um, and what's nice is every time I've been to Legoland, like you don't have to get there 45 minutes before the show. You can right. show up 10 minutes before and you'll get a really great spot. And they do go into the crowd a little bit for part of the mm -hmm. show. So the kids, if you have a kid, this is a perfect little stunt show yeah. for them to see. And this is uh, is this one that the one that's outdoors replacing the uh, fireman show? Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. You don't want to show up too early for that because I don't believe there's a lot of shade. Not a ton of shade, but yeah. you're not too far away from a refill spot for you to go and get your drink. So you can go get one of those all day refills and get some soda or some lemonade. You're not far from the bathrooms. You're not far from Ninjago. And I really would, if you're going to go, I'd recommend the show. It had a fun soundtrack. You know, it's a 20-minute show that had a, like, cool little story, and it was fun. It was a good Legoland show, and I, I like that they continually – Legoland gets a new character or a new show, mm -hmm. I feel like, every, like, five, six months. Well, that is a really, really great tip. Uh, they also have the Rhythm Bricks Band, if you're into entertainment there. Um, and uh, as you're mentioning characters, uh, Shark Suit Guy is back uh, taking selfies. Um so uh, you can get all the details on these events and getting tickets at legoland.com slash Florida. 
And for our last bit of news in the queue, Rogers the Musical, we kid you not, is actually coming to Disney California Adventure this summer uh, for a very limited time. Uh, and uh, you're going to need some of these tips uh, that we've got for you if you want to make sure you get to see it. Uh, here's a story. Um, for the Disney 100 celebration, uh, the musical that was a joke in yeah. the Hawkeye television series has actually become a thing. Um, it is a one-act, about a 30-minute show. Uh, it's a live production, and it kind of tells the story of Captain America from his uh, creation up through the uh, Battle of New York. Um, it includes uh, songs by Grammy-winning uh, composer Christopher Leonard and lyrics by Jordan Peterson. Um, and it's also got uh, the song Save the City from Hawkeye, uh, plus Star-Spangled Man from uh, Captain America and the First Avenger. Uh, five shows in total, uh, five new songs, sorry, and two... Uh, existing ones, so seven songs in total, crammed into 30 minutes. Um, and yes, apparently, uh, uh, Nick Fury is gonna sing. <laughs> I, I, this show, when I saw it in Hawkeye, I thought it was hilarious, and I was like, I could see Disney like it, doing a mini version of this for like a D23 experience. And they, well, and then, and then they, they did, yeah, <laughs> they, they did, uh, they did the big uh, number Save the City live on stage at a, a D23 event, and I guess it was such a big hit that uh, they decided to uh, make it a thing for the public. Um, I, I think it looks hilarious. I I think I think it's yes. I I think it all depends on the tone. I think doing one scene, you know, one five minute bit as a joke is one thing, but uh, how it works as a thirty minute piece, I think, really depends on on the whether they get the the tone. Uh, and you will have only four chances a day uh, if you're visiting the park to find out. Uh, that is. Not a lot of chances. Um, no. Only four performances a day. Um, so what they're going to do is use the virtual queue system, which we all know how amazingly popular virtual queues are. Yeah. <laughs> totally uncontroversial. No one ever gets into arguments over They're, virtual It's queues. everyone's favorite, of course. It's the reason you go to the park. So they already use the virtual queue system in the Disneyland app uh, currently for the uh, World of Color show every day. So if you're used to getting World of Color, same deal. Uh, the difference is uh, World of Color doesn't start distributing until noon. Uh, this one, the first drop is going to be at 10.30 a.m. That's going to cover the first two uh, shows of the day. Uh, looks like showtimes, according to our friend Eric O, showtimes are going to be 12.30, 2 p.m., and then 4 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. So if you want that first two showtimes, you are going to need to uh, have a park reservation, since they still use those out in Disneyland, uh, for DCA, not Disneyland. Be in DCA by 10.30 a.m. Uh, to join that virtual queue. For the second drop, you will be able to park hop over to the park uh, and get that at 2 p.m. for the last two shows at 4 and 5.30. Um, technically, this is not mandatory. They're 
going to have some sort of standby viewing, but highly recommended, highly recommended this, especially since this is only going to run for a few weeks. This is only June 30th through August 31st. I imagine it's going to be popular. Uh, So highly recommended that you want to get a reservation. For the premium viewing package, mm-hmm. normally I wouldn't pay for something like that for mm-hmm. a show. Like I wouldn't do it for like the Fantasmic that we have here because I'm here all the time. But I will say for $29, I feel like this premium viewing package isn't that bad. Like $29 guarantees you a good seat. You're going to get a popcorn bucket with food and a bottled beverage and you get to go into the lounge. So I honestly don't think $29 that bad. Since I don't live in California, if I did a trip and this was a big deal to me, I would probably pay the $29 because I don't think that that's that bad of a price because you get other stuff. Like if it was $29 for just the seat, but you get the popcorn, which would have cost I, you seven bucks. I, I, well, I feel like depending on uh, what kind of popcorn bucket, uh, yeah. if it, it says it's a themed popcorn bucket if uh, with kettle corn, uh, and uh, DCA is the only place on D- at Disney proper Disneyland property where they make fresh kettle corn. Uh, yeah. It's really good. So I, you know, I would say that that alone is probably worth at least twelve, maybe even fifteen dollars, depending on the bucket there. That's what I'm thinking. And you get yeah. the free drink. So I'm looking at like if you had like a family of six going there, I wouldn't do it. But for me personally. I would probably pay the $29 just to guarantee I had the spot. I'm kind of curious where this lounge seating before the show is going to be. If this is maybe uh, where they used to do like the Tron events, uh, the indoor Mm -hmm. uh, on the, on the left side of the theater um, in the Hollywood area. Uh, I'm wondering if that's going to reopen or if this is just an outdoor lounge uh, outside where they had uh, seating for Avengers campus. I'm not really sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's like that extended queue when it used to be frozen. So they could have kind of cut that in half. And that's why they have the virtual queue is they use part of that queue for the lounge. And the other half is for like the random people that wait. I don't know. Brian Sager is pointing out that um, we haven't had anything inside of that theater since Frozen was gutted uh, because of the pandemic. So we really don't know uh, what kind of reconfiguration they've done inside. Uh, So I'm... I don't think I'm going to be able to make it out. Maybe, maybe just before the end of August. Uh, I'm hoping uh, maybe I can slide in there and check it out. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be popular enough that we'll get like a Christmas version back in December, and November. Right. <laughs> they'll add. They'll switch one or two songs out. Well, to celebrate, um, we are going to get some new food uh, around Avengers Campus, uh, including a sausage pepperoni wrap at Shawarma Place. A spicy dog at the uh, vending cart, uh, a pastrami pretzel dog at award wieners, um, and a bunch of uh, very colorful, very sugary drinks around uh, the Hollywood area. That's a look right there at the popcorn bucket. So it's pretty much the, uh, the standard circular popcorn bucket, but it is plastic, not cardboard, and it looks like it's got a, uh, a custom lid so it's refillable woo-hoo. you know if you want a refillable yep. bucket i mean again I, like if i live there this would be a totally different thing but if i was right. visiting and i'm not there with yeah. 20 people i think that i would probably pay the 29 um yeah i am looking forward to seeing it um i, I just i i can't believe that 
they 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 actually did it they actually <laughs> so. did it i imagine pitching that would have been they're like hey right? you know how people love this on twitter and they're like yes and they're like what if what if we what if we did it and just yeah. had all the loopholes of it going through like this movie song and that movie song and getting all and i don't know if it's in this article or if it's in a previous article that we had but it's going to be the first performer in a stage show that disney's had that is someone that's in a wheelchair oh Interesting. So the first, like, I mean, other performers have had it. I don't remember exactly how they were. Well, I, I say I, I, I don't know about that because I distinctly remember Aladdin for many years. Uh, okay, had maybe a, it was the uh, first performer who uh, used a wheelchair. Okay, so maybe they were in a special way, like at this theater, at this, you know, uh, they got a very specific so they could market yeah. it that way. But gotta, <laughs> I'll go back and look that up. And you guys follow right. us on Twitter. I'll go, I'll go post that on Twitter when I okay. figure it out. Uh, well. We have come to the end of the news in the queue. Before we jump into this week's main attraction, it's time to hear a quick word from our sponsors. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! All right. Well, I promised you a short show, but it will still be a little spicy <laughs> because Disney once again has messed around with Genie Plus pricing. Uh, and it is now uh, available on a per park basis uh, instead of uh, automatically including park hopping. So depending on how you visit the parks, this could save you a little bit of money or it could end up costing you more. Yeah, the, uh, from the example that they gave with Magic Kingdom is the same as park hopping. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like Disney did this. Now, this will be more confusing for your standard guest that's coming to the park, period. But I do actually think that it is a cost saving feature for anyone that's not going to the Magic Kingdom. Yes. Because I've told people before, if they come, I'm like, you don't need, you don't need it for Epcot. You don't need it for Animal Kingdom. Just buy your way onto Flight of Passage and then you're fine. Yeah. And I think Disney probably saw people saying that again and again and again. And they were like, okay, look, for 10 less dollars, we can get you on Frozen. Okay. We can, you know, you guys want to do soaring real fast. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of why they did it. So other than the confusing aspect of now you have one more thing to think about before you press purchase, when you go to Walt Disney World, it could save you money. Um, well, okay, so we have, a, a, as you mentioned, a, a little screenshot here gives an example um, of how this new pricing system breaks down. Uh, basically, before, if you wanted Genie Plus for the day, you just bought Genie Plus for the day. The price could change from day to day. It could vary anything from low of 15 up to a high of 35, I think. I think it actually had 36 uh, one day during spring break. But um, basically, you if you got it, you could use it at one park. You could use it at all four parks if you wanted to park up like crazy. But it was the same price no matter which park you were going to. Uh, the problem that I have heard with that is that uh, everyone going to the Magic Kingdom would buy it. Uh, and 
it kind of it's pretty much essential at the magic kingdom uh yes matt you know we've done testing uh both uh, attractions magnetism testing and i've done testing with uh unofficial guide and touring plans and uh trying to do a day at the magic kingdom um without genie plus even if you rope drop even if you stay till close you you now wait in much much longer lines if you do standby only than you would have just a few years ago um and so uh what would happen is magic kingdom would essentially sell out of uh of genie plus availability uh but not the other parks but they didn't have any way of specifically just turning off the hose for magic kingdom to stop yeah. people from buying magic kingdom because it was all just one big lump it was one big ticket now this will allow them to say sorry magic kingdom is sold out for the day you can still buy uh, genie plus for epcot or hollywood studios uh, but that will and also by changing varying the price that also lets them push people in one direction or another um, especially since they are uh, eliminating the need to reserve a particular park uh, if you are anyone except an annual pass holder. Um, since uh, all tickets are going to include their park reservation, um, without the park reservation system to steer people towards one park or another, uh, this Genie Plus variable pricing, I think, is the next best way to do that. Yeah. So let's just break it down real quickly here. Um, for the example that we have here, uh, we're talking about uh, Tuesday, June 27th, uh, which uh, is tomorrow, if you're listening to us record this live. Uh, that is the day this pricing goes into effect. Uh, last week, uh, a ticket would have cost you $24 and would have covered all four parks. As of this week, if you want all four parks, that's going to be $27 now. So that's an increase of $3. If you only want the Magic Kingdom, that's also $27. So there's no point in just getting the Magic Kingdom. If you're going yeah, to get it, you might as well park. get the multiple parks. Right. Um, if you want Hollywood Studios, that's going to be $24. So that's going to be the same price you would have paid for all of them last week. Um, so that clearly shows that uh, Hollywood Studios is right behind magic kingdom in terms of demand uh then you see a big drop down to epcot only 18 dollars there um and then the biggest drop of all is animal kingdom and what i think is interesting about this is that these prices also match the numbers that we saw in the recent tea acom um attendance mm. report for 2022 Yep. We saw Animal Kingdom have the biggest drop in attendance uh, before the pandemic back in 2019 when uh, the Avatar Land was still fairly new. Um, Animal Kingdom was the, the, the park that was gaining in attendance the most. And then you see since the pandemic, they've gotten rid of all of the nighttime stuff that they added. You know, they don't have the Rivers of Light anymore. Uh, the nighttime safari that they tried. Um, Avatar, you know, got a little bit of a pop when the new movie came out, but really, uh, you know, it's not as hot as it was. Um, and you see the demand for animal kingdom has fallen off a cliff in the last three years or so. Epcot too. Epcot survives on its, uh, on its festivals. 
and uh, on having uh, Gardens of the Galaxy there. Um, yeah, I think a lot for Epcot, like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy is 100%, I think, its biggest pull for to get you know mm -hmm. people that don't go all the time. Yep. It's, are we going to a festival or are we going to do the new coaster that everyone says you can't yep. miss? Yep. And but you see that... Yeah, you, you, exactly. But you see that since Gardens of the Galaxy is not included with the Genie Plus, mm -hmm. it kind of shows you that, you know, Frozen Ever After uh, and Ratatouille uh, are not, those are your two top tickets that are included with Genie Plus now, and they are not as big a demand as they were three years ago. No, yeah. It's, and that's kind of what it is. I feel like yeah. maybe when Epcot um, finally... Yeah. Finally, I did an article this week about how they are still working on the center of Epcot. Mm -hmm. But when they, that finally opens, maybe we'll see another spike again because we'll have Moana and the park feel more complete. But that, even yeah. opening the center of the park, we're not getting a supersized ride no. or anything like that. Moana's name alone will pull people into that section, but it's not a ride. But then, so, where, but then where do they do when they're finished wandering through that pathway? Then yeah. Are so, they going to ride uh, the imagination ride that no one likes? you know, again, yeah. or they... so the name will pull in people, but it's yeah. not going to be a super pull in like amazing indoor roller coaster themed to guardians of the galaxy that yeah. everyone, it just at skyrocketed. That was one of the rides yeah. that I think was even a hidden gem, even though we knew that was going to be big that opened and across the board, everyone said they loved it. So yes. But then the problem is that, you know, they get off of gardens of the galaxy all hyped and are their choice, what to go left to the play pavilion. That's still not done. Yep. Or ride mission space, which makes half the people on it sick. Uh, you know, it's, uh, or test track, which is breaking down half the time, you know, it, yeah. it's the, they're, it, they had plans to, really revamp a lot and it all just sort of went halfway and just kind of stopped and i think that just getting rid of the construction walls in the middle of the park without fixing the imagination pavilion without maybe giving test track another refresh you know it something more needs to happen in the front of the park i agree but um i think the i mean the most interesting thing to me is that Magic Kingdom, after all these years, after a very underwhelming 50th anniversary, um, Tron, which is uh, not part of Genie Plus, um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is still not part of Genie Plus, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, people are paying $27 to be able to ride Space Mountain and Jungle Cruise and Big Thunder Mountain. You know, not even Splash Mountain, because that's not going to be there for, for most of the next year. So the fact yeah. that they can charge top dollar for rides that are mostly 30 or 40 years old, it just is insane. That is the true power of the Magic Kingdom. That's yeah. why I said for those attendance reports, I think the only real competition it has is Disneyland. And that's not to uh -huh. say that Universal, SeaWorld, and all the other people around the world don't do great. They do fantastic. Yeah. But Magic Kingdom is like this just untouchable location. And I think Disney knows that, and that's – for the 50th, why we didn't get the world's most incredible celebration like Disneyland Paris had all this stuff is they know that that park, I don't even know what would have to happen for that park to really be threatened. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I, it does make me wonder if some of this blue sky happens, you know, back behind Frontierland. If the, if Magic Kingdom, you know, I always complain Magic Kingdom went like 25 years without a new e ticket. Um, but if it can manage to sustain these numbers, even after a pandemic, uh, without adding it, you know, as a business person, mm -hmm. 
why do you invest you know do you need to invest there or should the money really be going into uh first like the zootopia at animal kingdom to try to uh, resurrect those numbers Uh, yeah i mean i agree if you're still pulling all that stuff you can almost look at the genie plus numbers and say if i was a business person i would want to bring up the other park yeah but and a total side note from this i actually looked up real quick while we were doing the intro so i got it wrong so the disabled person they were supposed to be a dancer in the show but uh, were in an accident and they are now in a wheelchair so they oh, were the no. first person to ever see the show they got an early preview uh, and disney showed uh, that on tiktok that's where i got it wrong so they were supposed to be part of the show they were the very first person to ever get to watch it when they were doing practices uh, so that's where it was oh uh, that's that's a sad story but kind it's of, a sad story but i'm yeah. glad they got to experience yeah that's the show yeah. and so yeah that's, that's kind nice. of that's why that's why i was confused well um, I am, I, I am curious to see if this, uh, makes people more likely or less likely to use Genie Plus, see if it affects the numbers of, uh, how many people are purchasing it each day. Definitely going to keep an eye on this. Um, I am just thankful that it only applies right now to Walt Disney World and not Disneyland because I did not include it in my Disneyland book. <laughs> uh... They like they there's someone that follows you, and as soon as you tweet that I'm done writing my book, they're like, announce it all. Exactly. Always, (laughs) always. Um, well, I think let's check in with our comments to see what folks had to say uh, about that story and some of the earlier stories today. Um and uh so when we were talking earlier about Minion Cafe, Brian Sager uh, heard the ramen bowl was mediocre and it was high on his. I got to say it was high on my list to um, uh, the we're talking about Otto's noodle bowl at Minion Cafe. I will say 10 out of 10 for presentation worth getting it at least once for the Instagram. Um, I liked a lot of the ingredients in it. The charred corn I actually thought was my favorite part of it. Um, I will say the broth, they call it tonkatsu. And if you are a big ramen eater, you know that tonkatsu should be really uh, creamy and thick uh, from the uh, the bone broth. And this was not a creamy no. tonkatsu at all. It was more like a consomme. So um, I like broth- how it was my favorite of the three things that I tried. My number one on the list, I knew it was going to be weird. But the cheese ray steak sandwich covered in cheese. I knew it was going to be odd, and then I just I did not like it. No, I, I was see, really. Hopeful. I am I am uh, lactose intolerant, uh, and I can I can have some dairy products with the proper medication, but I tend to shy away from things that are really heavy and especially melty, gooey cheese is not yeah not good for me. It was um, just straight, like it was. <laughs> I will say Universal didn't lie. It was meat and an insane amount of cheese. Yikes! All right, so if that's what you want, good, but. Mm, eh. Uh, I'll I'll put that low on my priority list. I got to work my way through the menu, but uh, I might need some help getting through one of those. Uh, Brian also uh, reminding us that starting today, Pacific Wharf is closed temporarily, um, and there's a temporary walking path. Uh, this should be finished by mid-August. Uh, sections of it will reopen in July. Thank you, Brian. And also uh, reminding us uh, this is going to be the meet and greet location for Hero and Baymax together again uh, uh brian has we as we were talking about the uh the uh korean 
uh, themed haunted house coming to Singapore. Uh, he is suggesting for Halloween 2028, uh, we need to get a Squid Game haunted house. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't jump on Squid Game when it was hot. Well, I we kind of on accident had that like Squid Game scare zone. I know it wasn't official, right? You yeah. Remember that year in Orlando, they accidentally had a theme that kind of fit, and I was like, "That's good enough for me." I pretended. Um, our friend Vince Lamb checking in. He was here a little late. I'm glad that car problem only cost you five dollars to fix. That's rare. Um, and of course, uh, talking about Rogers the musical. Um, uh yeah this is uh this also we recently introduced nick fury as a walk around character in dca campus now i believe this is like some of the other temporary characters they had in dca yeah. it is paid for by disney plus it is part of the promotion for the um uh, secret invasion series that recently dropped so we might see a, a character a different character variant a week sort of like we had different loki's come out uh when uh, the loki show was on but they mostly will probably disappear um we'll be back to the normal characters when that uh is done streaming um uh so <laughs> Eric has a good suggestion that they give you a free playbill as you enter the house for the Rogers show. Yes, that would make it very, very authentic. Disneyland's good at little stuff like that, too. So I could yeah. see them doing a version of it or maybe like the very first showing ever and the very last showing ever. They give people special commemorative ones. So. Um, and uh, Mara <laughs> is uh, very disappointed that you wouldn't pay for phantasmic i tell you what i do not pay for phantasmic here in orlando no way no how but i will buy that hungry bear uh dinner package when i'm in california uh yeah that's the same thing it's for most of the stuff here in florida i just don't pay extra for no, anything no. in florida because i have seen the new updated phantasmic here at hollywood studios like 15 times right so I can see it so often if when they do the days that they have two shows, I just go to the second show and you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Show up for the 20. second show and you can always pretty much always get a spot in the back. Um, no hate on Fantasmic. I love the show. Mara, yeah. the reason she's so protective of it, she was in it. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. No so she's the biased. The show. She's a little biased. She's a little biased. Definitely go and see it if you come to Florida. And if you don't live here, go get the package. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm here all the time. Um, at least uh, at least we have uh, flame effects. Uh, we had. We have, I, I will now say we have the better uh, uh, dragon because we, we have the only dragon that hasn't melted into a pile. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we've mentioned this anywhere, but uh, I, I believe that uh, Disneyland is not using any sort of flamethrower effects right now. Uh, I think they have to get recertified after the uh meltdown with murphy the dragon uh and so uh the the flame throwing in phantasmic uh in the castle show in world of color i think all of those are uh temporarily disabled yeah i mean safety first this yeah. is always about safety first just to make yeah. sure it was definitely a freak accident but that you want to make sure so it doesn't happen again i mean it, he he was called murphy for a reason uh that that dragon caused more trouble in his lifetime than which thanks because he was so pretty yeah. it was such a good looking animatronic yeah. dragon um talking about genie plus um and uh so yes brian was wondering if this also applies to local annual pass holders uh with their park hopping rule after 2 p.m 
uh, yes, you still, if if you want to purchase uh, Genie Plus in the morning, uh, if you think it's going to sell out, you are an annual pass holder, still going to need to make that park reservation. Now, personally, I rarely visit the parks before 2 p.m., so I haven't been making any park reservations myself lately. Yeah. The only exception is if I want to ride Guardians or if I want to ride Tron, then I do make the reservation so I can get on there and try for the 7 a.m. drop. Um, because by the time you get there in there at 2, you've got a good chance these days of getting a Guardians uh, at 2 o'clock, but you've got no chance of getting a Tron. Tron is gone, yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking of virtual queue, he's got his, the next yes, one is about Moana. his next, his next question would be, will there be a virtual queue use for the Moana walkthrough? Um, now that it's in the testing phase, uh, that is an excellent question. Uh, it will sink towards your magic. I assume that there will be something interactive in Moana, uh, that interacts with magic band plus because God knows they haven't added anything new for magic band plus, uh, recently. Um, but, uh, I am curious how they are going to control um, crowd flow through there. Uh, how they're going to keep people moving. I feel like it's going to be a lot like when Galaxy's Edge first opened and there is a very specific entrance and a very specific exit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, looking from like aerial views, like BioReconstruct has posted and we've done construction articles on, it looks like the land is already built for kind of an exit and an entrance. Mm -hmm. Eventually you can probably just free throw throughout. But... I think that that's how they're going to do it is there's going to be a very specific, this is where you come in, this is where you go out and they're probably going to have a line, but I don't know if virtual queue could work for something like that because yeah. otherwise you know how many people you can do an hour, but they could toss in 80 people and those 80 people could walk in and out in 10 seconds or they could be there for an hour. I don't know. Yeah. How it's I mean, gonna it, work. I think the closest thing that they have that would compare to it is something like, the Gorilla Falls or the uh, the Tiger Trail in yeah. Animal Kingdom. That's um, like a walkthrough, but this is much more compact, and I don't think it would have the capacity of one of those. This is probably closer to the butterfly tent, the walkthrough that they have yeah. every year for Flower and Garden. Um, and so they've they... got the interactive element, so it also mm -hmm. makes me think: Is there going to be a cute element yeah. like how Universal has for their wands? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it will be, I'm sure it will look great in the preview videos and then, uh, on opening day, it will be completely mobbed with vloggers, just, uh, a sea of cameras. Yep. <laughs> um, Brian has one last question, which was how much you want to pay for a lightning lane when the hat box ghost comes to magic kingdom park. All right. They better finally, they promised this at, I think a D 23. Yep. I put it in my book. So this thing better show up by early 2024 because um, I'm 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 looking a little foolish right now. I thought it was going to be installed by now. I thought it was going to happen sometime during the, the 50th and the 50th. My over. thought is the Haunted Mansion movie is about to come out. Uh, oh. And they just had all of the celebrities over at Disneyland. Doing Disneyland. Right, right, right. So I, I to me, I think it's one of those surprise things that. If they don't do it for the opening of the movie, I feel like that's just dumb on Disney's part. It's not, yeah. I know that an animatronic is not a just plug in thing, but you've had this much time. You already announced it. Your movie's coming out. You're doing all this promo stuff. You're doing merchandise. For you to not put the animatronic in sometime when the movie comes out to me just seems like it was a, such a drop the ball moment. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they got to do it during that time. I agree. I agree. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode. I promised a short one, but we almost made it to a full hour because yeah, we, uh, we were chatting. It was great talking with you. I am. I am happy to do it anytime. And then I'm happy we got a bunch of comments that had some good questions, <clears> too. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we go, we want to thank once again our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. And I want to remind everyone to please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us, uh, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com and on all of our socials, search for Attractions Magazine. Uh, you can find me at S. Kuberski on Twitter and at theunofficialguides.com. Theron, where can folks find you? You can find me at my full name, at Theron White, on every social media platform. I have just as weird enough name where I can find my name easily on everything social, thankfully. <laughs> and until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. Have fun. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.